Welcome to the News Talk 730 Week in Review podcast. This podcast is intended to bring you up to speed on the latest happenings in Billings, Montana, and our nation. Now, here's Scott Fredericks. And welcome to our first podcast of 2019. I'm Scott Fredericks, and this is the News Talk 730's KYYA's Week in Review for the week of January the 7th. Now, most of the time, I'm going to have a guest host, but today, I'm doing it by myself because we have a few kinks to get out here, so uh, I, I'm not going to subject anybody else to that. Today's podcast is a real interesting one. We're going to be talking with Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney in the state of Montana, who is in charge of the census. Also, we're going to be talking with Brian Kilme on the jobs that were added in the U.S. in December of 2019. Senator Steve Daines talks about something that hasn't been done in over 75 years, being named on two big committees. Also, Becky Spencer talks about why you should itemize your Montana taxes. That's coming up today on the News Talk 730's Weekend Review for the week of January the 7th. The first chat we had is with Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney. The Lieutenant Governor talks about his role in the U.S. Census for the state of Montana for 2020. Well, you know, really my role is uh, to, to be a, a spokesperson for the state's efforts. And um, I'm, I'm very fortunate because I have a lot of people helping. We have the Montana Department of Commerce uh, and, uh, and a lot of folks there. We've got two private citizens who have stepped forward to, to act as our co-chairs. Leonard Smith, who's the executive director of the Native American Development Corporation right there in Billings, and Kathy Bailey, who is the executive director of Snowy Mountain Development Corporation in Lewistown. And the reason why I, I wanted to mention them is that it's so important that um, two of the areas that we know we have some of the biggest problems in, in getting a complete count are it's in Indian country, and it's in the rural areas, and both Kathy and Leonard have expertise in those uh, and how best to deal with those particular challenges that we find. Uh, and so we've got those folks, but we're, we're but really what the state does is the state has to promote and and get people involved and make sure that we're educating people so that when uh, the census kicks off, we get as many people to participate, uh, go online. It's going to be a, a lot the first part of it's going to be online, which is going to be the first time they've done that in the history of the census, so it's going to be a little different. So we've got, uh, we're, we're out there promoting it, we're out there educating people, and uh, it is just so important for the state uh, that we get a complete count. Um, one of the things, and, and I, I, just, I just have to mention this, every Montana resident, it's, it's projected that every Montana resident that's not counted in the 2020 census, Montana will lose federal funding of approximately a thousand, almost two thousand dollars per person per year in that ten-year period. So that's that's almost twenty thousand dollars for every person we don't count that we'll lose during the ten-year period that that census is is uh, 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 you know it, that we're using that census for. So it's a big deal for the state of Montana that we get as many people and, and get as complete a count, and that's why the state's so involved with it. You know, and uh, another thing that I think people don't really realize why this count is so important is uh, if we reach a certain number of folks here in the state of Montana, it might be a possibility that we get another congressperson in D.C. 
that's that's exactly right, Scott. And 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 that's uh, that's another very important thing. For many many years, Montana had two Congress members of Congress uh, in the House of Representatives, and uh, that was a pretty nice thing. Then uh, we got cut down to one because other states surpassed us in growth, but Montana's growth has uh, been pretty good. And uh, and it also depends on you know other states that may lose population or again may not get a as good a count, and so it'll show that their population may not be as big as it actually is. So, uh, but yeah, it can absolutely lead to Montana. Uh, we're, at least what the experts are saying, we are on the cusp. We could very likely, you know, flop over and, and find ourselves with a second congressman, or uh, we just may miss it by a hair, but we're right on the cusp. That's another good reason why we need to make sure every Montana is counted. December was a big jobs month. Brian Kilme on the Brian Kilme Show and host of Fox and Friends talks about what that means to add over 312,000 jobs in the month of December. I, considering the, how, how the market responded, as well as uh, the Fed chairman saying, you know, I wouldn't resign if I was asked, I think stabilized the market and put it up for, for at least today, maybe even today. Uh, so I think that's a good sign. And the president's done other things. He said, I got to give him credit for it. He could be riding even a higher wave economically, but he's trying to restructure the trade deals. He's trying to get the relationship with uh, China straightened out. They are uniquely vulnerable, more vulnerable than we are, and it looks like he's coming at an additional uh, you know, uh, point of strength. However, the shutdown looms over everything, too, because he wants to get his wall built. So he isn't just sitting back saying, okay, I'll, I'll take the good news. He's saying, I'm still going to move ahead with what i got to do. Um, I think there'd be more attention about what you mentioned if they did, if there was uh, some type of end to the shutdown, but it'll be the number one story all week. Well, we're into day number eighteen of the shutdown. I believe the longest shutdown was back in nineteen ninety-five, ninety-six, where it went. I think either twenty-one or twenty-five days. Uh, what's the time period on this one? Do you think? Well, Friday would make it the longest ever. So, uh, I, you know, what they want from what Republicans want uh, from the White House specifically how much money you need, what you're going to be using it for. That's what actually Democrats want, too. I'm not saying they'll accept it, but there's a lack of specifics. That's the White House's fault. But they, they're beginning to correct that. It's Sunday. Uh, more details today. I think that from the Republican standpoint, they're starting to get worried. They get starting to get worried because TSA could have a massive walkout. There's some indications that could happen at JFK. You know, the HUD sector, you know, there's a lot of people with these HUD housing situations. Uh, they are waiting for the supplemental income, and that might not come. So they're pushing all these apartment buildings not to evict. So that's got to happen. So as real people feel pressure, real senators will feel votes slipping away, and they'll put pressure on the president. From the Democrats' perspective, they've got to do something, because there is a legitimate crisis, not a manufactured crisis. There's a legitimate crisis happening on the border on a daily basis, and the president um, has actually a case to make an extreme move. My hope is that you get some moderates in there just to hash something out. And, uh, Scott, at the end of the day, we're both uh, saying, well, Republicans gave here and Democrats gave here. And, and let's make it maybe our shows will be about uh, talking about who had the best deal as opposed to who lost and who won. Well, you know, in the media it says one Republican starts to crack. Cory Gardner out of Colorado. Do you think there's going to be other senators that are falling in his uh, footsteps? Yeah, uh, Susan Collins made that clear yesterday. You know, she's like, hey, why don't we just fund the governments that there is no controversy about? 
Uh, it looks like uh, Senator Tillis as well. If you read Senator Lamar Alexander, I think on Wednesday his editorial, he shows he's wavering a little bit, retiring in two years, so uh, he doesn't care. Uh, and, you know, Mitt Romney obviously let everybody know that um, he's not in for the long haul. So at any sign of turbulence, he could hit, uh, run for the hills. So, so uh, that'll put the pressure on the president, who feels good right now. So who do you think gets a black eye out of this? Depending on how it ends. The president needs the barrier bill. I mean, there's a theory out there that the president doesn't get it built, it'll just it'll invigorate his base. But his base is, base is 34% of the voting public. That's not going to get you reelected. He needs 51. So how does he get the 51? I think he shows he's got to govern. And you're not governing if you're just standing your ground. I think governing is, is uh, weaving, bobbing and weaving, to get the most of what you want if, if you can't get all of what you want. So... Uh, I think the president's got to come up with some type of, listen, he did give. He's no longer talking about a concrete wall. He's talking about slats. He's talking about steel. He's talking about fencing. He's showing, he's showing that he is playing ball. Democrats will have one note. Their note today, and was over the weekend, is open up the government, then we'll talk. They were the, the president knows Republicans lose all leverage if they open up the government. U.S. Senator Steve Daines did something that hasn't been done in over 75 years. He talks about being assigned to two big committees. This is a good thing for Montana. These are called A-plus committees. In, in the Senate, you have B committees, you have A committees, then you have a couple of what they call A-plus committees. And those are the Appropriations Committee, which... Uh, takes care of all the spending. And then there is the Finance Committee, which is the other A-plus, which has all of the taxes, all of the treaties, uh, a lot of significant policies regarding Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, very important safety nets for uh, for many, many Montanans. And uh, gratefully, I'm the, I'm the first senator to serve on both committees in 75 years. Wow. Uh, that's a good thing for Montana. And I tell you, you think about our number one economic driver in Montana is agriculture. Well, being on the Finance Committee, and uh, which has responsibilities for all of the treaties and trade, it's a great place to be to ensure we keep developing these international markets, because long-term, our ag industry will live or die by how we do with getting access to these markets and keeping prices up and production up. So uh, so thanks for the shout-out, Scott. You betcha. But, uh, this is a good thing for Montana. We're coming up, I believe, 21 days, government shut down over 14,000 federal employees here in the state of Montana. About 7,200 of those are being affected by the shutdown. Montana, a number fourth per capita that uh, this is having an impact on. Let's talk about where we sit with the shutdown. Of course, uh, yesterday the president met in the Oval Office with uh, Speaker Pelosi and uh, Minority Leader Schumer, and basically nothing came out of it. And uh, the left-wing press is saying, oh, he just marched out of the room and everything like that but uh, the president you know wants to get this wall built i think it's a great idea uh, one of the major reasons i think this is a great idea because of all the meth and the heroin that comes across those borders that you know put montana lives at harm and some die and everything like that so we honestly need to get this wall built we do uh, i agree with president trump we have a crisis on our southern border uh, i had lunch with the president yesterday uh, vice president pence President Trump came to Capitol Hill. Uh, we had a, about a 90-minute discussion on what's going on the southern border. Uh, we need to put up 
what now the president calls it, a steel barrier. Uh, he, he understands this issue as well as anybody. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, we talk a lot about the threat to our nation with illegal immigrants coming in, what it does for crime and so forth. But what's not talked about enough is drugs and illegal drugs, as you mentioned. Uh, in fact, uh, Customs and Border Patrol sees nearly 250,000 pounds of meth at the border last year. And Mexican meth is destroying families across Montana. Uh, you know, years ago, we have, we've always had a meth problem in Montana, but years ago, it was a lot of homegrown meth. You'd have these individual labs that uh, the folks would create. Here's the problem today. This has now become a huge business. It's Mexican meth, Mexican cartels. The meth is more potent and it's cheaper than it was before. This is absolutely a crisis. And it's affecting Montana. Even though we're a long ways away from the southern border, it's a direct effect on Montana. And, and third, third is, is the issue of human trafficking. You know, these young girls and young boys who are, who are being brought up by coyotes across the Mexican desert and into the United States. Uh, this is a humanitarian crisis as well. Uh, Scott, it is an act of compassion of compassion to ensure we secure our southern border, not to mention uh, national security. And so I stand with the president. And what's ridiculous here, when Nancy Pelosi says zero, she says zero, we're not going to spend a single dollar. Now, why is it that suddenly Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who in the past have supported border security measures, are now saying it's zero? I'll tell you why. Because it's become a political issue. And they want to do. They, they they want to stop President Trump from securing the southern border. That's ridiculous. And so I I hope they will come to the table in good faith and negotiate with President Trump, with the Republicans, and say let's find a plan that will allow us to secure the southern border. And by the way, the president's been clear. It's not just about a steel barrier in the southern border. It's also about boots on the ground and technology. Because there are certain places along the southern border you can't build a steel barrier. We're going to have to rely on technology. The president understands that. Unfortunately, it's become very, very politicized at the expense of families in Montana right now. They're being crushed by Mexican meth coming into our state. And it's tax time. Becky Spencer talks about why you should itemize your Montana state taxes. I looked at it the other day. If you've got $50,000 in income, let's say, Montana standard deduction for you is $4,500 it was seventy dollars. I don't remember the figure right off the top of my head, but they the amount that they pay in federal tax will already beat that. So if they even have a car license tax, that'll help. Their house uh, taxes will help. Their interest, their contributions, uh, will all help them. And plus, uh, difference in Montana from federal is that if you pay for your own health insurance, now that wouldn't be pre-tax from your employer, but if you're paying health insurance premiums, like maybe if you're on Medicare or something, well, that uh, is also an itemized deduction, even if you haven't beat the 7.5% of your income for medical. And that's been the News Talk 730's KYYA's Weekend Review Podcast. For the week of January the 7th, I want to thank you for joining us. Remember, you can hear these podcasts on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Have yourself a good week, and we'll catch you next week.